Would you guys stand with me in honor of the word of God? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about everything, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. God, we come this, this morning before you, and we are uh, we need your healing, we need your peace, and we need uh, your strength. God, I need your strength, I need your Holy Spirit now to speak through me. It's in your Son's name I pray, amen. Let's start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again. Rejoice. Now, I need everybody to listen to me very carefully because what I'm about to say is a true statement and it is possible. It is possible during every single hardship and every single trial and every single pandemic and every single situation to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to say that again. It is possible. Two, rejoice in the Lord during anything and everything we go through on this earth. It's not just a, uh, like, yeah, you can rejoice in the Lord when things are going great. When your ministry is good, when your job is good, when you're making the right money. It's not just you can rejoice in the Lord sometimes. The word of God spoken through the Apostle Paul is rejoice in the Lord always. Always, there's no other option with always. It is all the time, always. Let's go look at Luke 10. This is one of the reasons that we can do that. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. That sounds great, doesn't it? It's just like a strong, mighty, I've got my sword about to slay a bunch of demons. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus' words. Now, why, why is that? Why? These are good things. Like, he's given us authority over these things. These are great and awesome things to have authority over this stuff. But he says, do not rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, because these things that he's talking about are things on this earth that go good in, in our temporary, and they're not always like that. We don't always have successes in ministry. We don't always have um, successes in our jobs, in our friendships, in our family. When we do, we can be happy about that. We give God the glory when it happens, and that doesn't negate that 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 stuff happens. But in order to rejoice always, we don't rejoice in those things. We rejoice always because our names are written in heaven, and that is one thing that will never 
be blotted out, as it says in, in Revelations. That's one thing that does not change for us. Our salvation in God does not change with circumstances on this earth. Our salvation does not change with the pandemic. Our sa- salvation does not cha- change with death in the family. Our salvation does not change with our business dealings, with our, uh, our success in church or ministry. Our foundation does not change on that. Our foundation of salvation is given from God and will never be taken away because it's God's that gives it to us. It's not us that saves ourselves. It's God that saves us. And because of that, we can rejoice always. That's the only way we can rejoice always, if we rejoice in that. Let's move to verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And we see here that we need our gentleness to be evident to all. But how is that possible? That's like rejoicing always. How are we going like, to let our gentleness be known to all? If you're anything like me, that does not happen because gentleness is not the first thing on the list of, my, of, of things to show other people. It's like, hey, let me, like I see those people, I'm going to go over there and show them some gentleness. <laughs> that doesn't work. That's not me. I don't do that. Let's dissect that a little bit. What does that even mean? It means that we need, we have burdens in our lives. We have pains. We have struggles in our lives. And when we bring those things to other people, when we pour our burdens, our fears, and our insecurities on other people, we're not bringing them our gentleness. We're bringing them our fears and insecurity. And so God is saying, let your gentleness be known to all. And the way that we can do that is we bring God all those things first. So everything that we want to pour on everybody else and want to, you know, gossip and all that kind of stuff, we instead bring God those things. Let's listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God can handle it. He can handle our burdens. So, we give God our burdens, and we give others our gentleness. We have to give somebody our burdens. We have to give our burdens to someone. We have those deep inside. We don't just keep those in our, in our minds and in our bodies. We give them to somebody. And so instead of giving them to everybody else around us, giving those fears and those anxieties to everybody else, we give them to God first. That way, once we do that, God can deal with us and give us patience and kindness, and we can give our gentleness to other people. So what's another way that we can give others our gentleness? What, how can we let our gentleness be known to others? We need to trust in the Lord. That's another way that, that, that we can do that. We trust in the Lord. Now think about if you're on an airplane going across the ocean and you do not put any trust in the airplane or the pilot. Imagine how crazy of a flight that's going to be. That's going to be a horrible flight. 
some of you guys probably, my wife is not like, she, she gets a little anxious on airplanes. But if you have no trust in the airplane of technology and you do not understand how the airplane works, then you're going to be so anxious the whole time. It's going to be the worst flight. If you have no trust in the pilot of all the hours that he's put, put into learning how to fly the plane, if you have no trust in that, then you are going to be anxious the whole time. That's kind of how it is with us and God. If we do not trust that God has the right thing going on in our lives, we are going to be anxious and looking around and trying to do things the whole time. If we have no trust in the sovereignty of God in our lives, then we are going to be anxious and we are not going to be gentle with others. That's, I mean, if, when you are stressed out, think about it. When you're stressed out and you have a bunch of thing going, things going on, you tend to lash out. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Am I the only one that does that? But you tend to lash out your frustrations on other people. So that's the same thing with God. We need to trust his plans. Because the Lord is near. It says right there. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So the Lord is near. What does that mean? That means that the Lord is near to us in our hearts. Yes, if we're believers, God is near to us, and he, and he comes near to us. But it also means that the Lord is coming, and his, his, coming, his second coming is near. The Lord is at the gates. I mean, it's, 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 it speaks in the Bible of God coming back to rescue his people. And so the Lord is near. And so if we're in the gates and we are imprisoned by the enemy... And the Lord is at the gates, ready to burst in and to save us. We can have a, a gentleness about us. We can treat people with respect, our jailers, our guards, like Paul does in, in, when he's in jail in Rome. He can treat people with respect. We can treat people with respect because the Lord is near and we trust what he's doing. I'm going to read this poem by John R. W. Stott. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. So that the birds know it. The birds know who feeds them. They have their heavenly father. Do we know that sometimes in our lives? Do we give God that same respect and that same trust that the birds and everything go around. And if we don't, if we try to do everything ourselves, we're not going to be gentle. We are going to be stressed out balls of, of uh, ungentleness. Let's go to verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So what is the remedy for being anxious here? This is a superstar verse, by the way. And it's, I mean, everybody knows this one. It's like, don't be anxious for anything. Let your request be known unto God. And I could do a whole sermon on just this, but this just lies in expositional preaching, taking a, a, going straight down through a book. You get to these verses, and they land in the middle of something or, or on the side. So this is not even our, our main focus of, of our message this morning. But... God is saying, uh, Paul is saying, how do we be anxious? And he's given us the answer here. By every situation, prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. How are we to pray? We are to pray. That's how we do it. Anxiety, 
being anxious about that situations, how do we fix that? By prayer. That's what Paul says. He says to fix it by prayer, and I'm not arguing against um, medication or anything like that. That's not what this is about. This is about Paul saying, be anxious for nothing, and we fix that by prayer. He's saying, when you are anxious about something, because you will be, in every situation, prayer and petition is what we do. How do we do it? We do it with Thanksgiving. Let's, let's picture this. We're at, the, we're at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And somebody goes to pray, and they, they say, God, we deserve this food, and we're about to eat it. Amen. That is not something that you would do at a dinner table. I mean, that is, that's, that's what Paul is saying. Do not do. Do not go to God with, I deserve this. This is my life. I, I, I don't deserve to be sick. I don't deserve any of this stuff. I deserve to be financially successful. I deserve all this stuff. Okay, that's not how we go to God. God's, Paul says we go to God with thanksgiving. So we need to remember that we go to God with thanksgiving. And this ties in with the first. You know, we can have, we can rejoice, and we can be thankful in every situation when we focus on the Lord and what he has done in our lives. So let's move on to verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is what it's all about. This is the peace. This is the peace that, that we are looking for when we are anxious. This is the peace that we are looking for when we have death and we have sickness and we, have, uh, and we are poor. This is what we look for. We look for the peace. Isn't that what everybody is looking for in the world? I mean, no matter what, Christian, non-Christian, everybody wants peace. Just we want peace. And here God says that when you pray and you give your situations, uh, when you petition God and you, you give God your problems and all your anxieties, your requests, God gives you peace. And there is no peace that we can have without this. There's no peace that man can think of, no psychologist, no self-help guru. There's no, there's no peace that we can get from those things, from all these steps that we take, like that we can get from God in Christ Jesus. And this is, not, this is peace that guards your hearts. What is that? What is your hearts? It's, he says two things, hearts and minds. It's the feelings. It's these, you know, our heart gives us these feelings. You peace of guard your mind. It's these thoughts. It's these, you know, three in the morning, can't get to sleep, anxious about things, thoughts. These are the, this is when we go to God in prayer. He guards us from these things. John 14, 26 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is peace that Jesus has left with us. This is, this is possible. Christ, gave, Christ came to give us peace with each other. So Christ, Christ gives us peace in ourselves. He says, let not your heart be troubled. So this is the peace that we get that we have in ourselves. But also Christ gave, came get, to give us peace with one another. Ephesians 2, 13 and 18. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off 
have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And Paul is talking here about the the Jews and the Gentiles, the war that they had and how different they were with each other and that Christ had come to give us peace with each other. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago when uh, Yodia and Sinteke, when we were talking about how we have peace with each other. And Christ came to give us peace, not just with ourselves, not with our anxieties, not with our, our troubles, but also peace with each other. And if God can do that with the Gentiles and the Jews, uh, the two people who are far off from each other, he can do that with anybody in this world. Let's look at this last verse here, Romans 8, 7. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God. We were at war with God. And so God gives us peace in ourselves. He gives us peace with each other. But most importantly, out of all this stuff, with the anxiety rejoicing, the gentleness, the peace. It all comes from God giving us peace with him. So Jesus came to give us peace inside ourselves, inside our our, our relationship with others. But first and foremost, uh, Jesus came to give us peace with God. We were at war with God. And so that's how all this ties into the gospel, all these practical applications of, of anxiety and gentleness and rejoicing. It all ties in because God sent his son so that we might have peace. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, this is our assurance this morning, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because... God sent his son. Because we were at war with God before, we now can have peace with God because Jesus came. There is a rift between us from the garden. There is a rift. There is a holiness that we were required to have that we could not have. So God sent Jesus so that we could, so that Jesus could bridge that gap between us and the Father. And so this, this morning, this lesson, if any of these practical things that we've talked about, those are not, you're not able to have those until you have peace with God. And if you don't have peace with God, then that is the first thing, the first and foremost thing you need to do is have peace with God. And it's done by praying to God, by giving Him yourself. It's done by saying, God, I am a sinner and I need you. I am at war with you. My heart hates everything you do. Heal me and bring peace in my life. And that's what happened on the cross. This morning we're going to take communion. You have those, these little throwaway things in front of you. So if you want to grab those. And this represents the peace that God has given to us. This represents the body of Christ. As we take this, we remember the body broken that Jesus had given on the cross. 
So as we take this, God, we, we acknowledge that we have nothing, that we have no peace until you sent your son to reconcile us. This morning we remember the body that was broken on the cross for our sins. And just as much as the body was broken, the blood was poured out, the blood that redeems us in Christ Jesus. God, we, we thank you for the blood of your Son that has brought peace between us and you. We thank you so much for... for loving us so much to send your son. God, we would not, that's not something we would choose. Our minds are bent, our hearts were bent on war with you, and we, we thank you for the grace and the peace that you have given us through your son's blood. In Jesus' name.